0: Just saw you about 30 seconds ago.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Well, tonight we're doing Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin, a new 2023 film. It is an M. Night Shyamalan film. A very polarizing director. He's had some highs. He's had some lows. Uh, And we've done one M. Night uh, review before, uh, last year. uh, His movie Old. And uh, we had a few drinks for that episode when we were... uh, (laughs) Talk, just talk, talking about that movie, um, which was an absurd movie, if you want to go back and hear that. That's one of, I, I would say, one of our most entertaining uh, reviews. But uh, this, Knock at the Cabin and uh, M. Night in general. Refresh the audience. What are your thoughts on M. Night and his films?
0: Um, I love him. You I think love him. he is hysterical. Like, the fact that I guess, in my opinion, he's probably making these really serious pieces of film, and we're just sitting here like gagging on him. Like I just think that's so hilarious. <laughs> uh, some stuff of his is more up the to the speed. I think he wants it to be like uh, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, right? and Split. Yeah, I meant not. I meant uh, no. Is it Sixth Sense?
1: Yeah, Six senses is his, his big hit. Yeah, Everyone I don't know. Was, I was,
0: yeah, I was getting that mixed up with signs. I don't know well, he what he also did signs, but yeah, Sixth okay. Sense, then I,
1: yeah, you're on, right. you're on, you're on track here. Six is his big <laughs> debut, and then it's so know. hard
0: to say because, uh, you know those types of things like those are so famously, you know, like exciting, and then you get the shit like, um, old. old. and nobody has seen that and i don't know why like nobody that i know has seen that but uh he takes himself really seriously and i think that that's kind of funny because uh while i enjoy most of his stuff it's not for the reason i think he wants me to (laughs) (laughs) um so it's interesting for the so audience, to see too. What we think about this. Yeah. For the
1: audience, too. You are the, a defender of M. Night's, possibly his worst film, by most people's standards, The Happening. You you unironically enjoy that
0: film. <laughs> I fucking love that movie.
1: Yeah. I, it's uh... the wind.
0: It's the wind, man.
1: It's the wind i uh I, I have a complicated m night relationship. I think he's made some really excellent movies nothing that's like my favorite movies but he's very he's a very interesting filmmaker. I think he's one of the worst dialogue writers ever like of like prolific famous directors and old was the best example of that just like No one talks like a human. It makes absolutely no sense. He's really good with the camera. Like, he can set up a shot, and I think we'll talk about a lot of the shots in here. Like, there's some cool stuff. And he still has trouble with dialogue, but we'll get into all that. Knock at the cabin. This is what's going on in this one. While vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice. So, if you haven't seen Knock at the Cabin in theaters now, it is getting very solidly mixed reviews. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 65 on the audience score, 63 on Metacritic, and 64 on IMDb. So, quite, well. uh, right in the mid-sixes everywhere, across the board. So, uh... And there's definitely some there's definitely some polarizing. There's definitely some loves and there's definitely some hates. So we'll see we'll see where we fall. If we land somewhere in the middle or on one of the ends. Uh yep, in theaters. We're gonna spoil it now. So that's where you go if you don't want to be spoiled. Seven-year-old Wen is vacationing with her parents, uh, Eric and Andrew. And uh, she's catching grasshoppers, and she is approached by a very large man. And we know this man, Dave Batista, and uh, his character is Leonard. He's a soft-spoken, gentle man. He coaches uh, little girls in soccer. You know, he's he's a very he's a very tender version of Batista, not something we always see. And uh, he's befriending Wen in the beginning, and then we see three other people come out of the woods, and this is Sabrina. This is Adrian, and this is Redmond. And the four of them, they're not friends. They're more co-workers, as Batista says. And they have a job to do. They have to... It's very, very interesting. They have to... <laughs> <laughs> the, the apocalypse is coming. The apocalypse is coming, and the four of them have been chosen, and they explain how they were chosen, and all that stuff gets explained. They believe that the apocalypse is coming, and that the three of them, the two parents and when one of them must be sacrificed. And when they say sacrificed, the two, the two, or the three of them have to pick one of the three to kill. And not suicide, it has to be willing, and they have to do it, not the four other people. The four other people... Are there just to facilitate, and uh, as they don't make their choices one by one, the captors uh, do like a, a murder y thing one by one, and as they do things around the world, you no, know, we'll have to see if uh, if their if their apocalypse theories are correct or not. So, apocalypse movie, hard choices, bunch of people in a room, and uh, that's how we are. That's how we are doing Knock at the Cabin. So, Nicole, what'd you think?
0: Um, Why don't you start? Why don't I start? Sure.
1: Yeah, you're right. You know, I always turn to one of you guys, and I don't usually really say. You know, oh yeah, I will start. I really like this movie quite a bit. <laughs> I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Originally, we were going to do our usual, let's get just completely drunk and trash it like we did to old. And well, right now we got other stuff going on, so that wasn't really a viable option. But even so, I think this is actually a movie that is worthy of a regular discussion. It's not horrendously horrible. There is still uh, weird dialogue things that happen, and the characters don't always sound quite right. And there's a couple of logical leaps back and forth, but... It's, it's just shot really well. I really like a lot of our characters. And I, I'm on the edge of my seat most of the movie. And at uh, the end there, I, w- I was crying a little bit. I was crying. The ending got me. What? I know you didn't see. I was stifling it ne- uh, next to next to you. But I was stifling my tears at the ending. Because uh, it really did move me. So I, I like this a lot. This is uh, in, of the M. Night movies. I've seen most of them. This is not just top half. This is maybe, I don't know, like third or fourth. This is up there. I really like this a lot. Wow. It's a good movie. Um, so that's where I'm mm. coming from. Well, now I'll turn the, the, the table to you.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, I like this too. Uh, okay. I don't think I got the same reaction that you did, you did at the end there. I, uh, uh, maybe I'm just never satisfied with the end of a movie i don't know maybe uh it was fine like it wasn't anything that i was <laughs> like uh sticking my nose up at or anything um you had
1: to have been satisfied at the end of the whale
0: yeah well i, I cried a lot at that so um well. but the, uh i liked the uh the premise it's interesting i i didn't know this came from another piece of literature so um
1: yes it's based on the book the cabin at the end of the world which has some big differences apparently which we'll talk about
0: okay yeah i i didn't know anything about this movie going in so i wasn't sure what this was going to be about um but that is an interesting premise and um just the fact that as the movie goes on and things are actually happening around the world i'm shocked that that's actually happening I did not see that coming. I didn't see it coming that it was actually going to be legitimate. So uh, that was an interesting surprise. Um, yeah, so the
1: whole, the whole movie, like, you know, the three of them are in the cabin, the, our, our protagonists, Eric, Andrew, and Wen, and, you know, these four people come in, and off the bat, you have to decide as an audience member... What's the movie going to do? Is it going to be these four people are correct or are they crazy people and that's the story? So you you thought it was going to be going in or at least as it's introduced, these four people are not correct. That they're either crazy or there's coincidences or something like that.
0: That's how, I mean, normally... It would go. I, I assume <laughs> no, in, in real life. That's probably how it would go. In life, movie, I mean, it
1: depends on the what they're trying to say about the movie. But yeah, if this like if you put yourselves in the shoes of Eric and Andrew. You would be like them, like or at least like what like they they kind of take it differently. Eric is played by Jonathan Groff, who is kind of the more gentle of the two, and then Ben Aldridge is Andrew, and he's the more brooding, and he's fighting back. He's feistier, and he they we get a little bit of backstory on them to kind of explain you know how they are, who they are, and why they how they got Wen, who's a you know they're they're a gay couple, and she's a, a an an Asian uh, girl. So you you know you learn about how they adopted her, and so you know you're initially you're on them like oh if crazy people broke into my house and said the world's ending and if you don't you know kill your spouse or your child then the world will end and like come on no no one's going to believe that
0: <laughs> right and i think i would probably uh, be the same as the um more aggressive parent uh, oh,
1: cool! So I would be, more, I'm, and I'm thinking I'm more like the other guy after the news <laughs> start. After the news starts, I mean, maybe, I, and that's, and that's kind of the thing is like, when do you, when do you start believing? Because you know, there's different things that happen. There's the what are what are the things there's like a tidal wave fist will rise and then that'll like wipe out the shoreline and then a plague will descend and everyone will get sick and then planes will fall or it won't, it's not planes that fall to the sky, but it's like glass will fall from the, 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 the sky will fall like glass or something. It's 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 written poetically, but then as the story goes on and the sacrifices are made and the news goes, you know, at some point, do you know when you uh, you started to be like, wait a minute,
0: is this real? Um, probably the planes. Yeah. Probably the planes, because, I mean, a tsunami is just a natural phenomenon. Like, that, although I probably would have heard about that in the news beforehand. I mean, that seems pretty uh, predictable, so I feel it's like a crazy that's, tsunami,
1: too. It's like...
0: The, yeah, it's, I feel like that's know, something it's, that we would have known beforehand was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um the planes uh yeah seeing like four or five in different parts of the world might be a little might be edging me on a little to uh thinking there's something going on um i forget what the other thing is but uh i wanted to the bring final up,
1: thing is the fire but the, the middle thing is the, plane, uh, the everyone's sick which is I don't know, uh kinda
0: COVID-y. it just kind of it, it cracked me up that these four things all happened in one day or two days and like the newscasters are very calm about this i mean there's like (laughs) five world destruction situations happening and there's like no uh alarms on the tv or uh, you know these people aren't like turning off the like bunkering down i don't know it just felt like oh this is now happening here and this is happening over here. How are we safe right here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one thing I wanted to bring up that you mentioned earlier was M. Knight's, like, filming style. And, uh, there was a scene that they showed from the TV where the tsunami was, uh, hitting the beach in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it looked exactly like, um,. A scene that could have been in the movie old and unfortunately <laughs> it was so bad it was so like vivid and i just don't it didn't fit with the rest of the movie the rest of the movie is really dark and like drab inside of that cabin and it just phone footage would not look like that on a tv through a is news it too, station like,
1: is it too, too like cgi looking or is crisp it just- too crisp, like like a person with their cell phone. This isn't what it would look like. Absolutely
0: not. It looked gotcha. like high high tech t- uh, camera work. I'm like, there's no fucking way. And then with that, they sh- they <laughs> actually had that footage. Right. Meanwhile, that person fucking got swept up in a, in the wave. I don't understand how they got. We watched.
1: That. Yeah, we watched the phone. The, the person holding the phone and the phone gets swept up, and then you're like. <laughs> Is she live? Is she live streaming to the to the station? Is that? And you tell me that a live
0: stream looks that crisp?
1: Well, that's, you have to take a leap, a little bit of a leap of. Oh, logic. a little bit. A couple, a couple of times here and there.
0: <laughs> that kind of stuff is what M Knight needs to improve. I mean, he does that all the time, and it's like this doesn't look good. This is not a good easier. choice.
1: I think it needs to improve how his characters speak to each other cuz he still writes like an alien. It's a little it's a little better here because everyone's so on edge that you would be like, "Okay, they're talking awkwardly because this is such a tense situation." Like we we haven't mentioned the four people who are like doing this thing. They totally believe it, but three out of the four of them don't want like really all of them, but like at least Definitely three out of the four of them do not want to do it at all. They have lives. They have, like, families. We, we learn about, like, who they are. And, like, they just really, really believe it. And they can't not believe it. And everyone but Redmond, the the Rupert Grint character, like, is, like, they're every time someone has to get sacrificed, they're throwing up and they're, and they're shaking. So when they have to do their weird dialogue and be like, hi, I have a son at home. He's six. And I had to leave him <laughs> behind. Like, when they when they do the M. Night dialogue, it's not as offensive because it's such a tense situation. And the acting in this, I, we complained about the acting in old, how bad the acting is in old. From professional good actors who have done other work. And then in this, same thing. Professional good actors who have done other work. But for some reason here, they're all working. Like, if we're talking about the acting, Batista's shows a dramatic side of him like eat your heart out the rock like Batista's such a better actor than the rock and it's so clear and stuff like this like well, I, batista
0: a... is still getting over the hurdle of being a essentially freak of nature in his shape and his size like he yeah, he's six six is six six or, or three hundred pounds
1: or whatever yeah
0: <laughs> he's not a normal human being to see coming in like that and um that is, I think that's a big hurdle for him. So the fact that he can play this soft character and it doesn't feel that weird, I think that's that's great.
1: I know it's really impressive. Like when the the opening is him and, and I think it's part of M Night's direction too. And uh, we were joking they do a lot of uh, close ups in this movie. And at the, at the oh my god,
0: so many <laughs> <beginning>, fucking close ups.
1: <laughs> they keep getting closer and closer to the little girl's face and Batista's face back and forth. I'm like, I know you. I'm like do they keep getting closer? And then the next shot, they're even closer to their face. <laughs> and like, it's kinda it's kind of silly. It, it's M Night is so good. Or I don't even know if good's the right word. He walks the line of silly and serious. Well, he but he like did that no about else. six
0: times in the movie. That happened yeah. with every character in the movie.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's got a tone management thing, but it's still like it's still like, I don't know, it, it a lot of his filmmaking choices in this really, like, draw me in. He lets scenes breathe, he gets in close, like, it feels intimate. Uh, and, like, every, like that's the thing, it's like, I think everyone, except maybe Rupert Grint, who's thankfully only in it for five or ten minutes, is, like, solid in this. I, I don't know about you, I could hear his accent slipping through. And Oh, it was so bad. I was unconvinced. Bad. I was unconvinced by Rupert Grint. Everyone it else is, not is, good. is believable, but he, he's a little, I don't know.
0: Where was he supposed to be from? The South or Boston? Boston. Or? He's oh from my Boston.
1: Couldn't you tell by his <laughs> whatever, however he was talking? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was bad. It's,
1: it's not the most convincing, but it's its just so strange that like we're coming off of old where, you know, great actors doing terrible work. And then we're in this where like, Everyone's like except for maybe except for maybe Ron Weasley is like very, very good. And okay, so
0: you know um, so in this film they keep having flashbacks to the couple's life and um, yes. some of the hardships and everything and I think that's trying to make us you know just feel bad that this is happening to these people. I don't know if they were targeted or if it's like they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know how how they were chosen, or Mm -hmm. if it's just this area. I don't know if the book says it's whoever's inhabiting that cabin, but whatever. Um, And one of the scenes is when they're at the bar and they get harassed um, by that person, and he thinks it's Rupert Grint's character. and a different name, yeah. Did you think that that was really him?
1: Uh, no, I didn't. I and I didn't. Th- I thought that would be part of the point. Is that like it's his paranoia? Like his paranoia after that situation. Because we see after in the bar when he gets hit with the bottle, and like that gives him a bunch of trauma, and he has to go through therapy. And he he we see him boxing at a gym. Like it fucks him up really bad. And when we see the flashback of that happening, we see the guy who did it, and it's kind of. In the shadows, he's got a hat lowered. He's got a big beard, so like it's kind of hard to tell. But apparently, uh, the, the, we find out later on that the Rupert Grint character Redmond is indeed this other guy. Uh I don't remember his name, but it was like like Alderman or something. And and you're like, oh, I didn't think that was him. I like, I, and it's weird that it was. It's kind of weirder than it was. I kind of wish it wasn't because that would say more to the the, the main character Andrew's paranoia.
0: I agree. It feels out of place. First off, that that guy didn't look like him at all. I feel like his face looked different because they showed his face. But
1: do you think it was Rupert Grant, or do you think they used someone else? And it was they it was meant to look ambiguous. Oh, I
0: I bet it was a double.
1: Okay, okay. I don't think it
0: was him. I couldn't um, tell. It,
1: it, it's very hard to tell in the movie. He's it's very quick.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was him. Uh, oh my gosh! That's what this movie oh, makes wake me up. Feel. Come on, no. got Super Bowl tomorrow. <laughs> Um, as of
1: recording this our, our beloved eagles go go birds I don't know if they want um, I guess I guess the audience knows the answer but we don't yet so
0: anyway <laughs> um it it definitely ta- detracts from the credibility of everything like uh okay maybe this is just exactly what you said this paranoia is like not justified or something I don't know it just feels like yeah. oh if that if it really was him maybe this is all just a ruse to get in there and beat up gay guys like yeah that doesn't, exactly it doesn't make any sense of why it would be him or unless it was just uh sheer coincidence but there's something uh different about I think his name was obannon um
1: O'Bannon. yeah you're right
0: I there's something about that character that doesn't fit in with the rest of them um he's the only one that gets some sort of backstory like we know the girl the one woman's got a son we know the one is a nurse but like they don't show their families or anything why does this guy have a backstory with them they
1: should have brought uh jaren back as the nurse from old jaren, oh my god
0: he's he died nurse.
1: his name's jaren this could have been a prequel <laughs> but that's oh, wait, his no, wife no, not, though actually, wait no, he his... dies in both. Oh, yeah, it does have his wife. His wife is the is now the nurse. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm okay. Well, there's the connection. It comes full circle. Um, <laughs> yeah, red. Redmond yeah i i yeah i think we're on the same page here i think it undermines the point the movie is trying to make by having him actually have been the guy cuz if it was just the paranoia not the trusting of the people that kind of feeds into the bigger theme of the movie which i think is like is humanity worth saving like are we worth it like cuz you got these people coming in and our main characters are like have been discriminated against especially the especially the the one andrew he's feel he's wronged and he even says at one point he's like even if you're right, even if this is true, I don't fucking care. I don't like. I'm not gonna save humanity. You wouldn't have saved us. But like,
0: at the same time, it's yeah. not just it's not just me versus them. It's everyone will die, and you will suffer for ten minutes, and then you'll die. So it's all. Well, or I didn't nothing. get the
1: idea that they died too. I thought they that's what the win.
0: fires. The fires started in their house. They were gonna supposed to burn in there.
1: Well, that is what would have happened once we get to the end with the fire hitting the house. But I thought, I, I thought it was implied that they were going to be the only three left, and that they would walk. No, the they were going
0: to suffer. They were going to suffer. They said,
1: "Okay." I thought, I th- okay, maybe, maybe we, maybe I read it in, uh, differently. But yeah, I, I, you know, they have to make the choice. Like they have to be like, are you going to sacrifice the one? You have to believe them, and are you going to sacrifice them? And is it worth it? Because like they said, like, is humanity worth saving? Is it worth this? And and our two main characters, they're supposed to be like this pure love, and the daughter, the three of them, they're, they represent a very of pure family love. And do we sacrifice and destroy something beautiful to save a very large flawed, you know, humanity who is portrayed, you know, not the best in this? I mean, the the different aspects of humanity are shown in the four characters. He's going to
0: sacrifice hate... himself. <laughs> We did that the whole Wrong. What is it? Is going Wrong, to sacrifice no. himself. <laughs> no, you can't. Oh, no. They
1: got to stop Snape, Snape from getting that stone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, the hard question is, if we're in this situation, Nicole, you and me and uh, our imaginary child... What ha- like what, at what point like so at the beginning at the beginning obviously not we're getting tortured we're in the chairs and the people are killing themselves in front of us and it's awful and we're in the same situation we're in a cabin there's no cell service like they do that whole thing and then we're on we're watching TV and all of a sudden the planes start falling and the planes falling is very convincing like I love that scene in the movie it the planes just falling out of the sky looks great it's so I think it, it's really effective at moving at like hitting the point home that. Yeah, maybe the tsunami was, they knew it was coming, and oh, it's, I've been hearing about this sickness disease for weeks, and this is just, you know, uh, 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 overblown, and then the planes start falling, and you're like, hmm, that's, hmm, how do I explain that one? And so, we're now at that point, Nicole, what are we doing? What are you and I and our child doing?
0: Well, I know what you're going to say.
1: What am I going to say?
0: You don't, you don't care. (laughs) about the rest of humanity. <laughs> I don't You're know. Doing if, it. I don't
1: I don't know if that's actually what I would do. You would kill me? I I don't know what I would do in that situation. That's my fucked. guess I would never my kill guess, you. Well, my guess is I would say kill me. Uh, that's my guess is what I would do. I would be like Nicole, you need to kill me.
0: Uh, well, we would have to suffer then cuz I don't think I could do it.
1: If you couldn't do it and it got to the wire I might kill the kid or you. Oh my god!
0: <laughs>
1: I, I we it's if it's if I'm convinced. I mean, if the planes have fallen, the fire is starting, the lightning is striking, literally right there. What what's the alternative? I I mean, we're all fucked either way. We you need something has to happen, like you know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I just hope I'm never in that situation.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know I, I would not want to put you in this. The only reason I would put you in that situation is because I wouldn't want you or the child dead. So I would want you to kill me. But if you were physically unable to and like you're not going to ask the kid to kill the parents, then I would have to. Because I because if you couldn't, I would have to. I would feel, I would feel compelled. And then I, I don't know who I'd pick in this scenario, but I would have to. I, just, I I feel like that is the only answer.
0: Um, I don't know if I would be believing all of this still. Like I don't, I don't know how I would feel. It's tough. I I can't put myself in their shoes.
1: Well, it is tough. Well, it might have been different in the original book. So. This is getting mixed reviews, and maybe it could be from some people who read the book and uh, didn't like this new take M Night took because the last third is different. So in the book, uh, everything's the same up until the second person dies. So the the girl, the girl, the single mom or whatever dies, and so now we're just left with uh, with Batista, the nurse, and the three the three main people in the story. The girl accidentally dies. The girl gets, I think gets shot and it's not, but she dies, but it's not a willing sacrifice. So the sacrifice still needs to happen. And everyone's torn up about it in the book. I guess the character, uh, the Batista character is just like in the movie where he's empathetic and he doesn't want to do this, but he feels like he has to. And then the, the other character, the, uh, the Sabrina character, the nurse, uh, helps Eric and Andrew escape. Uh, from Leonard and they're running away and it's getting bad. The fires are coming and Sabrina kills herself. She says, I can't exist anymore. You guys still have a chance to make the choice if you want to. And then Eric and Andrew are the only two left. Uh, Wen is already dead and they have to make the choice and they choose not to kill one another. And they say, we're just going to see what happens. And then that's how it ends. So presumably with the true end of the world, Um, extremely different ending than this one. What do you think uh, after hearing that? Do you like this version or do you think that version would have been more interesting?
0: Um I would have preferred the book version I think. Why was she trying to take them save them from Leonard? Does she not believe that either?
1: At the, once the girl is shot, she has a change of heart saying it's not worth it. She be, she's like humanity is not worth saving if this is what it takes. After and so once she actually sees the girl die, she she is like I can't, I can't be a part of this, and then she kills herself, saying, "You know, it's up to you guys, but like, I can't, I can't serve my role in this anymore."
0: Hmm. Um. I think I would prefer that, but that's not an M night route. No, he wanted, I, he wanted more fire and brimstone or whatever.
1: Isn't it kind of interesting? If I'm thinking about this, is this the least? twisty M. Night movie, because M. Night's known for that twist, that denouement, that extra thing that recontextualizes what you've been watching, whether it's good or not. Sometimes it's amazing, like in the sixth sense, and sometimes it's the plants whispering in the wind. But uh, in, in this case, like the characters come in, they say the world's going to end, and the world, unless you do this, and the world almost ends, and then they do the thing, and then it saves the world. So it's a, it's one of his more straightforward movies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I didn't mind it. I I, I enjoyed it. I liked um, I liked the uh, term internal turmoil these two go through. Um, I guess all of them go through. Uh, I don't like how much stress that Batista puts on this child. I think that's pretty cruel. Um,
1: I thought he was doing his best. You know. You think? Yeah. He did, he- because like, he's like, he turns her away, he puts the TV on, he catches grasshoppers with her. Like he, he does his best to connect. You said the grasshopper equals Lucas too. And I was like, oh, that's a good point, Tony. That's
0: good oh, yeah, point. I did say that. It's I good. didn't know if that was going to turn around into a, a swarm or something.
1: Yeah, so the thing about... The thing about, um, the thing about uh, that I would kind of undercut the ending for me, because like I said, I was tearing up at the end. the The end is... You know, everyone's dead now, except for the, the, our family of three and Leonard and the planes have fallen. The fires are beginning and Leonard's like, this is it. Like I, I got to kill myself now. This is your last chance. So he kills himself. It's the three of them. The little girl, the girl, little girl goes and hides in the tree house and says, and the, the Jonathan Groff's character says, one of us will come get you in a minute. And then, uh, their two characters have to have their goodbye. And. It's it's I think it's when he says like one of us will come get you where I'm like, Oh okay, I know he's chosen and that's where I start getting kinda welled up because I'm like, I because I like these three I like these characters and I feel even now I'm thinking I'm like, I'm so sad that they have to actually do this. I didn't I, at the beginning of the movie I don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe they're gonna get ahead of it. Maybe the guy's well, crazy. Do you think
0: do you think that um, Batista and Gang were able to brainwash the other guy, or do you think he actually just started feeling the same way?
1: I mean, I think it's it's kind of the same. It's it's only brainwashing if they're wrong. I guess is my opinion. Like, yes, they're trying to convince her, him that they're correct, but it's because they really believe they are, and in the end, they are. So, I guess, I guess, I don't know if brainwash is the right word, but yeah, I think he comes around, and it's with their help. But I don't know if he would have come around on his own, or I'm, I'm not really sure. But yeah. I. I, I like that. There's a, I like that we have the two characters, the one that is is hard nosed against all this because he's also the character who's been wronged more, and we see that he's got his parents that don't accept him, whereas whereas uh, uh, Eric comes from a more loving and accepting family. So Andrew's had a hard go of it. Eric has had uh, have has seen the better sides of humanity in his life. It sounds like. So when they're at the end doing their tearful goodbye, and I'm and I'm tearing, and I'm like, oh man, and then. For some reason, and I don't know what choice this was, if this was this explicit in the book, I can't imagine it was, because the ending was different, that he starts laying it all out, too neat in a bow. He's like, don't you see? The four of them represented the the four aspects uh, of yeah. humanity. They're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we're the... And I'm like, stop talking, stop talking, I get it already. You do- Like, I don't... You don't... By, tell it, by spoon-feeding me, by, by throwing all this stupid exposition, like, I already... I already got that they were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Like I already understood that. Trust your audience, M. Knight, that they're smart enough to understand what you're getting at without literally having your characters. Oh, don't you see? There, the it's it's back to M. Knight's dialogue writing. He just doesn't. He's su- he's such a good storyteller, and he doesn't trust that he's a good storyteller, and so he has he has his characters say stupid shit because he doesn't trust his audience it was deflating right. i was tearing up and i was i could feel the tears suck back into my eye my my eyes as as this horrible exposition was coming out it was a shame
0: yeah i mean i feel like he um has to let people know that he is doing this for this reason i guess he doesn't want things to be taken out of context or something so it comes across too obvious and but that like- can that can de- deter away from the feeling
1: I, yeah, like, like you're sitting there, like, you kind of got that they were going for a Four Horsemen of an Apocalypse, and that they're representing different aspects of humanity, like, you, you I'm sure you sitting there, anyone who's seen a movie or heard a story told can understand that's the metaphor, and right. we don't need, we don't need to be spoon-fed, M. Night, come on, trust us. No. He, he doesn't
0: wants trust you us. to know that he knows what he's doing.
1: We we, do, M. Night. Please, you you don't have to do it this way. Whatever. So, in the end, Andrew has to shoot and kill Eric, and it's right as the fire is hitting the cabin, as you said, gets struck by lightning, or the maybe a tree gets struck by lightning and falls on it. I don't remember. The cabin goes up in flames. Um, so, Andrew and Wen escape they find the truck, and that's when uh, it's confirmed that Redman was that other, it was O'Bannon, and I'm like, okay. Like, I was really loving, like, if this movie, last five or ten minutes was just tweaked a little bit, I would really, really like this a lot. And as it is, it's still a very good movie. He's just undercutting, he's undercutting his drama and his emotion with his need to tell you what's going on. And uh, even at the end, like, when they're sitting in the car and put on my boogie shoes comes on. And uh, I love that little exchange. It comes on and the guy turns it off and then the daughter turns it on. And then he, she sees that he's sad and he, she turns it off. And then he thinks about it for a second and he's like, no, you wrote, and he turns it back on. And I'm like, <laughs> end it right there. Perfect. That's a perfect little exchange to, ex- to explain their feelings. And then you cut to black right there with the song, still boogie, sh- put on my boogie shoes directed by M night Shyamalan. Perfect. But no, He has to cut to a big wide shot of them driving the truck away from the diner because we have to know that they left the diner. And then he changes the song to some basic generic song. And I'm like, you had your ending right there. Why'd you add the extra 30 seconds that probably cost more (laughs) money and time? And it made it worse. It made it stupider. It's, It's more cool if you just end it right in that perfect moment and don't have to. And then they drove away from the diner off into the sunset. Different song plays. Now it's directed by M Night Like, why did you do it <laughs> that way?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, did, it did. It didn't add or take take away from me for any of it. I was just maybe because you, know, you weren't as em-
1: emotional at the end as I was. So no, I was, I was, I was actually I was just
0: kind of laughing about how all of a sudden, up oh, the the plagues over. It was fixed, <laughs> and we fa- we found a cure in about nine hours. So cool, go us, <laughs> and that was funny to me still.
1: Yeah, it's again the, the ending's a little clunky and I guess in the book it was handled very differently because the whole ending was completely different. So there you go. I haven't said I I like the book ending in theory. I don't I don't dislike this version though. I don't I don't know, it's hard for me to sit here and say that that one is better. I like how this ends. I just don't like like some of the filmmaking choices he does. Like he's so perfect. He's so close to making it how I would like it and he just it's a little too clunky. He's just a little little clunky at the end there. Um, mm-hmm. Before we wrap up, I got one more thing. M. Night likes to uh, have cameos in his film. What'd you think of this M. Night cameo?
0: <laughs> oh my god, that was the best part of this movie. <laughs> um, I love watching home shopping networks.
1: You are. It is a, a guilty pleasure of, of mine.
0: <laughs> and the fact that he put himself on a fucking slap chop tupperware was just incredible (laughs) it was it was perfect i loved it and i was looking for the looking for our philadelphia clues and uh it didn't take long for me to find it with uh our one guy's shirt with from the philadelphia's the marathon or something i don't know what it was but there was our philly philly uh easter egg
1: go birds that's what i gotta say that's right uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a good cameo. Sometimes his cameos are distracting and weird, like in old. I know we keep going back to old, but he's like the bus driver in that one, and I'm like, what are you doing, M Night? Just get out of there. Get out of that bus. And then, oh, wait, wait. He's not just the bus driver in that one. He's also the guy who like watches them from the from yes. the cliff. From <laughs> yeah. Without spoiling too much, what happens in old? But yeah, no. KVC KVC M Night was a nice, fun little. Uh, yeah, there he is. That was that was nice. Um, any. <laughs> Any other thoughts on knock at the cabin?
0: Um no, I don't think so. It's pretty cut and dry there. Um are we gonna
1: recommend it though, is the
0: real question. Yeah, I think so. I think people will like this one. I, I did I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I'm on board. I think I liked it a little more than you. Not a ton more, but you know, more. Um I just yeah, I, I could have really liked it though. I could have like, this is probably this is like a three and a half, four star right now. This could have been a four like a four and a half or I think for me, if he just Cleaned up the dialogue, made those couple of changes at the end that I was saying. Like, I don't I don't I don't mind that he changed the ending of the original book, you know. I can I can see it hard being this big blockbustery picture where, you know, a little little girl gets murdered on the camera, and then like I can see yeah. I can see that and like, oh, the apocalypse is just gonna happen. Like, it's hard to do that in a big Hollywood movie, you know. There's some filmmakers who would do it. M. Knight's not really that guy. So I'm okay with him changing the ending. I think he did a mostly good job with it. Just a couple of couple of cheesy, silly things and that. You're, 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 That's
0: you're, him, though. He's, he is.
1: He, he's serious and he's silly, and uh, he doesn't know that. So I guess it's going to be two recommends for Knock at the Cabin. Not exactly what I was expecting going in. I was expecting <laughs> another I was expecting another old. I was expecting another, let's just trash this ridiculous thing, and uh, it wasn't. It was a good story. Yeah. Alright. Well, Knock Knock at the Cabin is in the books. We got some more 2022 and 2023 films in the first half of the year before we're fully in 2023. Oscars coming soon. We'll be talking about that. And the Instagram tournament is going on to crown the 2022 film of the year. Uh, we're down to the last 10, 12 kind of numbers, probably at the time you're hearing this, you know, a lot of the favorites are still in, and it's close. The teams are close. Yeah, The four mm. of us all have, I think everyone's still in it. Everyone still has movies. It's the closest year it's ever been. So exciting. And if you want to know more about what we're talking about on that, you can listen to our draft show. Which came out a couple episodes ago. And, or you can go to my Instagram at Brennan underscore pod host, And matchups are posted there every weekday. And you can vote on what movie you prefer in that match. And then at the end of the tournament, the listener 2022 movie of the year will be crowned. So... If you want to reach out for us for anything else, questions, suggestions, stuff like that, Facebook is Films with the Women in My Life, and my email, or the show's email actually, is filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. All right, Nicole, thanks for being on for Knock at the Cabin. Always nice to to talk a little in night. So until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy.